Okay, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalm, Psalm 139. Thank the Lord for the good day, thank the Lord for all His blessings. God has been so good to us, we praise Him for it. Thank the Lord for His goodness. say I appreciate the church and all that they've done, the good hospitality that we've enjoyed while we've been here, wonderful place to stay over in the preacher's room and the servicemen's center. We've enjoyed our stay here and we thank the Lord for the church and all that you've done. We praise the Lord for you and we'll be praying for you that the Lord will give you wisdom and direction for the days that lay ahead. These are perilous times, amen, and uh, they're not going to get any better. This world is no friend to grace, none at all, but hallelujah, I'm glad that we're more than overcomers through Him that loved us, hallelujah, and I'm thrilled about that, amen. Let's stand, if you can, out of respect and reverence for the Word of God, Psalm 139, verse number 1 and 2, that's where we'll start at tonight. The Bible says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. I want to preach tonight with the help of the Lord on the need for God to search us. The need for God to put His searchlight on each and every one of us. I want to say from the outset of the message, and I'll probably mention it again, if you look over your own life, you will miss something. We are prejudiced toward ourselves. Most of us think pretty highly of ourselves. But if God puts the heavenly searchlight upon us, there will be a lot revealed. And this should be our prayer tonight. Like the psalmist says at the end of the passage of Scripture, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for another privilege that we can come before you this evening. I pray that, Lord, you would clear our minds from anything that would quench or grieve the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that we'd lay aside the cares of the day. Help us to realize that, Lord, thoughts or things, Lord, in our minds, that we get our minds unfocused from the things of God is a hindrance to this service. We've got to lay aside the cares of this life, the oppositions of this world, and we must rely on you to work in and through us. I pray that your will will be accomplished. We plead your precious blood, and we'll thank you and praise you for it. Save the lost. Revive thy work in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You can be seated. The psalm that is before us tonight focuses on four great 
attributes of God. First of all, we see that God has a knowledge of all things in verses 1 through 6. We see in verses 7 through 12 that His presence is everywhere. There is nowhere that God is not at. His power in the formation of man in verses 13 through 18 amazes us. And then I want you to notice that His holiness, which destroys evil men and searches the believer's heart, is found in verses 19 through 24. Now notice with me, if you will, please, in verse number 1. The Bible says, O Lord, Thou has searched me. Being from the mountains of southwestern Virginia where I was raised in Wise, Virginia, a few years ago, I'm pretty well acquainted with mining operations. Uh, they don't probably have much coal mining going on in Texas, amen. But they mine coal in the mountains where I'm from. I do not live far from my roots in Kingsport, Tennessee now. But that mining operation goes beneath the earth to find the riches that are found there in the coal. And it's the same word that is used here, Thou hast searched me. It's the same careful scrutiny that is involved in mining operations. As I look upon this great congregation tonight, Thank God for all of you. Thank God for God's people. Thank God for the church. Hallelujah. But I wonder what God would find if He began mining within us. If God began a mining operation in our hearts, I wonder what He'd find. If the Lord would invade our thoughts, what would He find? Oh, you say, preacher, my thoughts are not bad. I tell you, people are about back like the Andalusian age. Their thoughts and their minds are about on evil continually. And there's one thing about it. I can look on the outward man, but I don't know what passes through your mind. I don't know what dwells on your mind, young man. I do not know what you meditate upon. But God does. And the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. What will God reveal when he reveals the heart? That heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. The word desperately means it's sickened to death. But the Lord knows our hearts. I believe that's the reason motive is of utmost importance. You realize that's one of the things that are going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ? I alluded to that last night, but look over in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And the Bible says... In verse number 13, every man's work 
shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort, is what the Bible says, what sort it is. For years we thought, Sister Harvey, it was size. And we strove to build the biggest Sunday school. But what God is trying is the sort, not the size. I'm not competition with anybody, amen? Because God is going to search your motives. What is your motives? What is your ambitions? Why do you do what you do? So I believe a first question, a first pertinent question, as we examine our text tonight, would be, who needs to search us? Who needs to search us? And I say, God needs to search us! As we look upon our lives, the things that we do, the things we participate in, if we begin looking at our own lives, most of us don't think we're too bad. You might as well go ahead and adjust your halo. Because most of you don't think you're too bad. That's the reason the Bible says if we compare ourselves with ourselves, we're not wise, amen. I'm not to compare myself with you. I'm to line myself up against the Holy God and every one of us are coming short. Amen, friend. You ain't arrived. None of us have. And that's the reason it's all important that we ask God to put the church light on us. Amen. He says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. I believe he's well qualified to do this. Because I want you to notice in verse number 3 that the Bible says, God compasses everything. Notice what it says. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. In other words, God is everywhere. We call it in systematic theology the omnipresence of God. There is nowhere, young man, that God is not. God sees you when you do what you do, when you do it. And you've not got a thing hid from God. God compasses everything. The word compass means to stretch round to extend as to embrace the whole. And God compasses everything. What is it that you think you're getting away with God about? Are you such a fool to think that you can hide from an almighty God? God's not just taking our church record into account here. Most people act pretty good at church. They're on best behavior. <laughs> How about at home, buddy? 
How do you act at home? A lot of people are hypocrites because they act one way at home and another way at church. God help us to have a revival that we have some consistency in our Christian walk. Controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So listen, the world does not see a reproach from the average Christian. See, God compasses everything. God compasses everything. He is everywhere. And then I want you to notice in verse number 4. For there is not a word in my tongue But lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. God is not only everywhere, but God knows everything. We call this the omniscience of God. Did it ever occur to you nothing ever occurred to God? God knows everything about you. You ain't fooling God. We can act pious and spiritual, but God knows who of you men fought with your wives all the way here. (laughs) Amen. There's a spiritual barrier on each independent Baptist church door. We don't see it. But we can fight all the way to church. But when we go through that spiritual barrier back there, how are you doing? Oh, everything's just fine. You hypocrite. You fought all the way to church. <laughs> God help us. You know, we'll be so spiritual. Us men. Preach on us men a while because I is one. Amen. <laughs> you know, we'll wonder why mama can't get the kids ready. I mean, she's you know, got the curlers in her hair, amen, and trying to get the kids together, and one of them's messed their diaper, amen, one of them's got having a food fight and everything else, but we're Mr. Spiritual, and we're out in the car. Beep, beep, hey, hurry up, i got to get the prayer meeting. I'm Mr. Spiritual, you know. <laughs> I'm Mr. Spiritual. Hurry up, mama! And she happens to get partway in the car and says, wait a minute, you said, What? Let me get my leg in. Shut the door. Amen. God help us. God help us, men. Now you, you wait, you ladies, amen. Y'all enjoy this. Hallelujah. Sometimes we're very insensitive. Amen. And I pray every day with God's help. Lord, help me love my wife as Christ loved the church. That's a lot of love. Amen. Gave himself forward. Amen. Amen. You ain't, you ain't been able to get married yet, have you? That's why you're saying amen. <laughs> amen. That's right. Hallelujah. Hey! When I got saved, my life really changed. But when I got married, my life really changed. And when I had two girls, my life has really changed. Hallelujah. So there's all kinds of changes going on. Amen. I'm telling you what, friend. God knows everything. And God knows what you are at home. God knows what you are in the job. Do we have a testimony? Like we spoke about last night. 
Do we have a testimony on the job? If you claim to be saved by the grace of God, does others know that you are an example of a believer? He said, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer in word, in conversation, in charity, in faith, in purity. Amen. We need to be an example. It's all important that you're an example of the Lord Jesus Christ. It didn't take much light to stand out in this dark day, does it, Brother Grab? It's so dark out here. So destitute of spirituality. And I tell you what, God can help you be a bright and shining light, amen, if you'll be an example of what Christ is. I really believe God wants us to be a living testimony of Christ. How is your home life? How can a man, now you're going to need this young man, how can a man love Christ as, listen, love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for How can a wife have love for her husband and reverence him? How in the world can they do that? The only way they can do that is to be filled with the Spirit. This ain't a charismatic meeting. Don't worry about it. We was preaching this before that cult ever arrived. I'm telling you what's missing, young man. In our Baptist churches, we're so scared of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We won't let Him control us and fill us. No wonder what such lousy testimonies. God help us. Oh, what about it? What about it when somebody gets up in our face? You know what the flesh wants to do? Flesh wants to retaliate. You ain't going to tell me. Oh, but wait a minute. If you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, you'll sit there and say, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. What about when somebody crosses you? What about when you're having a bad hair day? Amen. You know, us have got our hair cut real short. We can't have too many of them. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But what about it, friend? When somebody crosses you, amen, and crosses your wires. Oh, I know what some say. Oh, well, preacher, I was from an Irish family. I got a bad temper and all that. What your problem is, you're not right with God and need to bump an altar tonight. Because if you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, you show temperance. I can tell you one thing. I know when I've spent some time in prayer and asked God to fill me and control me with the Spirit of God, I can tell if I'm showing temperance. You're running on your wife saying, Hey, you burnt the biscuits! You're a real man. God help you. If some of you don't listen to me, if you don't cherish that little wife God's given you, you're going to end up in a divorce court. Say it won't happen to me. You wait and see, buddy. Some of you young people better listen to me, amen. I've watched young people, they're butting heads, amen, all the time. Nothing good to say. Throwing off on the wife, throwing off on the husband, amen. Well, they had the last word at the divorce court. Now they're divorced. God never intended it to be that way. God 
wants us to be... Con- what I'm asking you tonight, what are you really? What's your attitude toward authority? God knows the real you. Now notice what the Bible says. God knows everything. The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. God doesn't miss anything. He's well qualified to search us since He's everywhere and knows everything. And you cannot get away from God. Notice in verses 7 through 10. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. You cannot get away from God. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And then I say you cannot hide in the darkness. How foolish is men today that they think because they participate in wickedness and most of the wickedness takes place in the darkness. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. But I want you to notice in verse number 11 and 12. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. You may be one that thinks you can hide your wickedness in the darkness. It's Friday night. Party night. Oh, well, we've got in America about every night's party night. Sad to say. But a lot of people wait for the darkness. But I'm going to tell you something. As far as God's concerned, young man, it's all the same to God. You think just because it's dark and nobody can see you, God sees right through that. He sees what you're doing. The darkness and the light are both the same to Him. The need for God to search us. Look in Jeremiah 23 and verse 24. Jeremiah 23 and verse 24. The Bible says this, Can any hide himself in secret places? That I shall not see him, saith the Lord. Do not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord. God fills all voids. God is everywhere. God knows everything. You can't get away from God. You cannot hide in the darkness. So God is very well qualified to search us. How long's it been anyway since you asked God? I know. We got a lot of people here. They probably think that everything's in tune. 
How long has it been? See, what you've probably been doing, you've been doing the overview. You've been checking yourself out, scoping yourself out. How long has it been since you asked God to put the searchlight on you? If you'll ask God to put the searchlight on you, I can probably believe that he'll bring up something. God help us, friend. We want to have revival. We're going to have to make a clean break of sin and carnality in our lives. No revival without repenting of sin. I told an individual today, the reason I know I've repented to get saved is because I have that same attitude of repentance. It's been ongoing. I'm not talking about getting saved over and over again. I don't believe that foolishness. But God put an attitude in my heart of repent. Did you know five out of seven churches he said, Repent! In the book of the Revelation. And certainly in this Laodicean church age, where we're neither hot nor cold, we're just lukewarm. God has called upon us each to repent. Amen. How long has it been since you had a good repenting? How long has it been since you asked God to search you? Search your motives. Well, Adam and Eve tried to hide from God, but they were not successful. Revelation chapter 6, we find that people try to hide from an almighty God and cry out for the rocks and the mountains to fall upon them and hide them from the face of God. But there's no place to hide. So who needs to do the searching? God needs to do the searching. How long has it been since you asked God to search you? You think this would be a good revival text? Search me, O oh God, and know my thoughts. Amen. Now, how does God search us? Not only who searches us, but how does God search us? First of all, God searches us through the Scriptures. That's the reason I encourage you to spend time in the Word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, For the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open before him with whom we have to do. How long has it been since you opened the Word of God? Let me ask you a question. Look right up here. You claim to be saved. Do you read the Word of God every day? Do you read it every day? If you spend much time in this book... It's going to search you. But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving their own selves. For if any man be a like and dumb man, that just be a hearer of the word, not a doer. What is he? He's likened to a man that beholdeth. Here it is. His natural face in a glass. 
Amen? The Word of God's like a mirror. The Word of God will show you yourself. I'll tell you why people don't see no need to go to the altar. They're not spending much time in the Scriptures. They're not letting the Word of God search them. For if they let the Word of God search them, they would find that they're coming far short. Sinner, if you let the Word of God search you, you find out that your works are as filthy rags in the sight of God. There's no works, water, or Jesus cookies that can save you. I'm sorry, friend. You say, you shouldn't say that. I should say it. Because there's not enough preachers not saying it. You can't get saved by water baptism. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. You say, well, what about that passage in Peter? What about that passage in Peter? I don't let them scare me off on that. Word to baptism doth now save us. But that's not all the verse, is it? Not to the washing away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Amen. Baptism will save you from one thing. A bad conscience. But it won't save you from your sin. If you've been saved by the grace of God, you need to show as a testimony to the world that you've been saved, dead to the old life, and raised to newness of life. Hallelujah. If I was to tell you, let's see if I still got the. What figure is that? One hundred dollars, ain't it? That's a dollar sign. Yes. Okay. I've shown him a figure of one hundred dollars. Is that a guarantee? It's in my pocket. No, sir. No, it's no guarantee. You know what that is? It's a picture. It's a picture of $100. And baptism is a picture. It's no guarantee I have got a $100 in my pocket, young lady. It's just a picture. And when I got saved by the grace of God, and God gave me a desire to testify to the old way of life, I'm dead to that old way of life. I'm buried to it. I'm raised again in the likeness of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you what. These people believe that salvation through the water. They need to quit singing. There's power in the blood. They need to sing there's power in the tub. But, hey, Water can't wash away your sins. Only the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from sin. Hallelujah. Thank God. Hallelujah. I'm glad, friend, that God can search us. When's the last time you took an examination on the Word of God? You reckon God's able to show up anything on you? I don't see nobody in here with angel wings. Amen. But the Word of God is able. Titus 1.3. Now he's manifested his Word in these last days. Guess what he's manifested through? Through preaching. Hallelujah. That's what I'm trying to do. Amen. Not. Hallelujah. 
By the grace of God, I am. He's manifest His Word through preaching. Thank God for preaching. Took preaching to get me in. Amen. That's what it took. Hallelujah. Thank God for some men of God, amen, that still preaches the Word of God. Hallelujah. Still have a way with the Word of God. You'll take the Word of God to open you up and show yourself. It showed me I was lost. Hallelujah. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. It searched me. It searched me and I come up void. I tried the profession route. I've made several of them. But I'm glad one day God showed me I was lost. And if you get that, you're going to have to get directly from God. I'm not trying to throw off, but I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be an honest preacher. And I'm not throwing off. God, don't take me the wrong way. But if every time you hear the wrath of God preached, and you've got to come down... And make another profession, you better dig deeper. You better dig deeper in what you've got. Don't you have enough faith to go out there and face the devil? God, help us, friend. I tell you, so many people, they get so confused. They're like some kind of termite in the yo-yo, amen. God, help us. God doesn't want us to be that way. But if, you, if God shows you're lost... You're going to have to get that from God. There's none righteous, no, not one. That's what it took to show me my need. God showed me without any reservation that I was guilty for the murder of Jesus. You say, you weren't even there. It was my sins that nailed the Savior to the cross. There's more than what they want to make out, what they tell me about this picture, want to make some horror movie out of it because they love all this blood and gore but what about his soul being made an offering for sin it never deals with that see he bore my sin in his own body I'm going to tell you tonight he's the savior I'm not the savior this church ain't the savior you can get baptized dipped and dunked and every river from here to the Mississippi to every tadpole knows your name. I'm going to tell you, friend, it ain't going to make you none better. You're going to have to find out you're lost, that you're the sinner. He's the Savior. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God, Brother Stewart, that the Word of God searches us. Amen. Thank God, Brother Hammonds, that it found me out where I was. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Talk about assurance. And you know, and listen, I'm not being critical. But what some people want you to do, they want the preacher to tell them again that they're okay. Now, if you come to me, I'll love you. I'll reason from you from the Scriptures, but I ain't that business. I don't know whether you're saved or whether you're lost. I'll show you what the Bible says, and you determine it before God. You're going to have to get assurance from God who you're going to have to get from. 
I've been in meetings, Brother Harvey, where I've met many people, many church members after church. They want to counsel with me. And I take the Scriptures and reason with them from the Scriptures. I'm going to say, hey, I preached to them the Bible. But they had to determine what their soul's condition was. I'm not going to tell you, brother, and have you bank on it, on your eternal destiny, that because I think you're saved, and you bank your eternal destiny on that. I'm not going to do that. Your soul's too fragile for that. You're going to have to get that from God. And there are people that struggle. There's people that struggle about that. But I'm going to tell you what, you need to get in the Word of God. Search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which test... Hey, if you'll get in the Scriptures, hey man, it'll search you. If you'll search them, it'll search you. Amen. Hallelujah. And what you need to do is search it honestly. The Bible says you're saved, you're saved. The Bible says you're lost, you're lost. And it's going to have to take a break in your pride. Some of you may have made professions. But you're going to have to come clean with God and search it honestly. The Word of God will search us. Then the Spirit of God will search us. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says in John chapter number 16. I ask you a question tonight. Everyone that's gathered within the meeting house, I don't ask you when you made a profession. That's too generic today. And see, the Roman Catholics are teaching their converts that they're born again. They're teaching them that now. Yeah, these, these, these priests are teaching them that. And they're teaching them now that they have received Jesus Christ because they receive the wafer. And they'll say, yes, I've received Jesus Christ and i got a new birth. I'm going to tell you one thing. You ask the average Baptist, when did you get under conviction? And they say, "Uh, what do you mean by that? (laughs) I'm telling you what, I remember my conviction. You ought to remember about your conviction, amen. When did you get under conviction? Notice what the Bible says, John chapter 16. The Bible says in verse number 8, And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. He said, no man can come to me unless the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up again at the last day. When did you get under conviction? When did God convince you that you was guilty? I 
the last 50, 60 years, some of these popular evangelists and pastors have been preaching a lot of heresy, preaching against lordship, writing books against repentance, conviction. And I'm going to tell you what that is, is another gospel. I'm going to tell you what it took to get me in, amen. I had to realize I had to get it from God that I was a sinner. God convicted me of my sin. God reproved me of my wrongdoing. And you knew I had to turn my back on my wicked lifestyle, sir, and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Spirit of God searches us. Have you ever been under conviction? I asked you, have you ever been under Holy Ghost conviction? Did you just make some little decision? Come shakes up six foot icicles hand. Come sign a card. Get dipped in the baptistry. No wonder we can't get some of these people to be faithful to church. You know why? It takes faith to be faithful. <laughs> now this is going to amaze you. And I'm not throwing off on you if you ever got carnal and God gave you a good whipping for missing church. But there ain't been one visitation committee. There ain't been one visitation committee ever come visit me because I was laid out of church since I got saved. I've never had anybody come looking for me, ma'am. Because when I got saved, God put church on the inside. And I've wanted to be with the believers. <laughs> and I'm not throwing off. I said this morning, I believe in the autonomy of the local church. This church is governed how this pastor sees fit according to the Word of God. I didn't even have to have a new converts class. I thought everybody got saved loved the Word of God. <laughs> you excuse me, I didn't know any better. <laughs> I thought everybody that got saved loved the people of God and loved church. I'm telling you what, when you get a new birth, the Holy Spirit convicts you. You repent of your sins. You're a new creature in Jesus Christ. Amen. And I didn't have to run my old crowd off. The old crowd I used to hang around with, cruise Broadway with and stuff. I didn't have to run them off. All I had to do was start witnessing to them. They said, bye, Rose. See you later. <laughs> Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> and I bid them adieu. I've preached about every one of them or witnessed about every one of them. But I ain't had to worry about him beating my door down. Because he's in the same condition I was. Religious and lost. Religious and lost. And that's what I'd use on him. It's pretty good when you got the evidence, ain't it? I'd say, listen. Hey, Ray, Tommy. You know, both of us claim to be saved. We'd come over your house and watch dirty movies and everything like that. You claim to be saved too, and I was lost. God saved me. What's your problem? (laughs) 
You say, I don't think you are. Well, see, I didn't know any better. I've not been to, you know, some of these soul winning classes. All I know, all I knew what to do is tell them what God had done in my heart. God had changed me. Got me off the broad path, got me in the narrow way. It was too narrow for a lot of folks. <laughs> it's just too, they wanted me to get saved. I just got too saved. No, the problem was I got saved, son. If you don't like to be around God's people, it's good, it's good indication you're not one of them. Amen. Take the Spirit of God to search us. Amen. Thank God for it. Hallelujah. Thank God for old-fashioned conviction. Amen. Thank God the comforters come. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for it. Hallelujah. And then I want you to notice another thing. And here's what's missing in the day and hour in which we live. We see measures of conviction. We've got the Word of God manifested through preaching, but here's what's missing. That heavy, weighty presence of God. He said in verse number 7, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Now most of the time, the Holy Spirit, when it's alluded to, at least in the New Testament, is capital S. Here it's little s. But I still believe this is alluding to the Spirit of God. You know what's missing in the day and hour in which we live? We don't have that brooding. You'll hear me talk about that a lot. The brooding of the Holy Ghost. Where God weighs heavy on sinners. Some of you have been examining yourselves. You say, man, it's preaching, but it's called good. If my preaching don't cause you to... I'm not saying confusing. I'm saying examining. If it don't cause you to do something, my preaching's no good. Preaching from the Word of God, energized by the Holy Ghost, will examine you, amen. Cause you to take inventory. But what we need, son, you've never seen it. For the most part... My generation's never seen it. And Brother Keith, for the most part, we've went that far back that your generation has not seen the heavy presence of God. Where sinners and saints alike will realize that God has been manifested. That's what we need, Brother Harvey, in our services. God to come down. And prevail over this place. And sinners will be dealt with by the Holy Ghost. And saints will be reproved. That they cry out for mercy to God. Get rid of these weights. The sin that does so easily beset us. That is what is missing. I've seen it. I've seen God move in a heavy way before, but you don't see it too often today. You don't see it too often. And you know why? I believe the saints of God hold the key to that. 
And not, not willing to lay aside the what? They come in with bitterness. Envy toward one another. Contentions and strife. And grave the Holy Ghost. We cannot lay it, the blame on. You can't lay the blame on the pastor. You can't lay the blame on the preacher. Though sometimes I'm at fault. Sometimes preachers are at fault. But I'm going to tell you something. You say, it's been mighty cold. Or at, I'm going to tell you something. How much time did you put into the service? How much preparation did we put into it? You'll get about as much out as you put in. We need the heavy, weighty presence of God that sinners can't get away from it. When the meeting's over, they're still tore up. And they say, Brother Harvey, I can't take this no more. God is dealing with me and I can't take it any longer. And I've got to have some relief. Hallelujah. That's what we need. We need God to sit down on you, friend. With the presence of Almighty God. You've got glory for what I've seen in a short pilgrimage. But I've seen God manifest His power and what He can do. But I've also seen churches grieve the Holy Spirit. And God not be able to work like He wants to. what we need brother or still we need the heavy weighty presence of God thank God for God giving you a message but listen my heart's burdened really because I, 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 don't, I don't want you to say oh what a message that preacher preached I'd like you to say what a savior hallelujah what a savior what a preacher, what a savior. Hallelujah. Yeah, God's, it was kind of sticky here at first, but God's wanting to move. God's wanting to move tonight. God wants to move in on you, amen. Put you in the squeeze, amen. I pray God will put the thumb screws on you. You can't take it. That you'll have to do business with Almighty God. You better do business with God. Your time's about up. This thing's winding down, Brother Harvey. There ain't much time for the rapture of the church. And you're going to fool around with religion and professions and end up in hell when you die. need the heavy, weighty presence of God. Now notice. Notice in closing. I want you to notice that it's personal. It's personal. Look back in our text. Psalm 139. O Lord, Thou hast searched me. And know me. What we want to do, good Baptist, you know, we want to search everybody else. 
you know, old sister Broadmount over there, she ain't doing too good. I mean, I wish she'd lay her tongue on the altar, but we'd have to wait until we got an extension up here. And your tongue's about as long as a telephone wire yourself. Now, we was joking last night, Brother Lizzie, but I'm telling you what, it ain't just telephone, telegraph, tell a woman. How about tell a preacher? I've never seen God help me. I'm saying God help me. I've known some godly men. I was telling a brother today, I've known some godly men, and I hardly ever hear them criticize. They'll, they'll pray, they hardly ever hear them criticize. And they're godly men too. But you know what? They spend time praying. Oh, God help us. We can learn from that, friend. Thou hast searched me and know me. You say, well, don't you think we were telling the truth? Sure, I've been telling the truth this week. But what's your motive behind it? Is your motive behind it to injure? That's not the right motive. Love don't produce any ill toward the brethren. Amen. God help us. We're going to deal with that in just a moment. Hallelujah. Hey, don't be looking at everybody else around here saying, well, I sure am glad he's preaching that message. It's about time he preached that message. Brother so-and-so sure needs that over there. <laughs> it's kind of like past the puck. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, some of you, some of you husbands say, "Man, I'm glad he's preaching this. My wife sure needs this." Hey, have you ever looked on your own doorstep? Thou hast searched me, sons. What he said, and known me. It's personal. What he say? Search me, O oh God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way. I wonder what God will find if He searches us tonight. I wonder what God will turn up. You reckon, you reckon He's as good as the CIA? Oh, much better. You reckon He can turn up some evidence better than the Secret Service? Yes. If God puts the searchlight on us, amen, He'll turn up some things that we didn't consider. Now notice what God searches. Who needs to search us? How does He search us? Now what's He need to search? I'm just going to give you out of the text what He needs to search. Number one, God searches our thoughts. Now what about that, young man? What about that, sir? Ma'am, see, God knows that envy you've got toward another girl in this church because you think they're prettier than you are. <laughs> this is stuff that, see, don't show up on the outside every time. It will eventually. There's all kinds of sins in the Bible. And I'm amazed a lot of people, all they want to deal with is what I call the top ten. And I'm God's against all of them. You do know that, don't you? God searches our thoughts. What runs through your mind, son? 
What do you meditate upon? Whoso looketh on a woman that lusts after He ain't committed that in his body. He said, you look and lust after her. You've committed adultery with her already in your heart. That's what it says. See, the Pharisees were very concerned about the outward man, but Jesus said, no, let's deal with your heart. Let's see what's down in your heart. You Pharisees are full of adultery. That's what he was saying, amen. He said, we're going to deal with your heart. Here's what you're full of. Wickedness! You ever read Matthew, or excuse me, Mark 7, 21 through 23, what comes out of our heart? Before you think you're about ready to spread angels' wings and fly off to heaven, amen, you better ask God to search you real good. Amen. He searches our thoughts. He searches our thoughts. Notice what the Bible says. Thou knowest, verse 2, my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You realize God understands our thoughts? God knows our thoughts. It's wonder God puts up with any of us, with any of us, amen. I'm telling you, that's the truth. I'm not trying to have an air of false humility. I'm not trying to be holy, holy, holy way up here and condescend down to you right down here. I tell you, I'm saved by the grace of God and thank God I don't turn, I don't turn the grace of God in lasciviousness, buddy. I don't turn it into a license to commit any sin. I'm going to tell you, I'm thanking God it's by grace. Because why? God knows even my thoughts, Brother Lassie. He knows that jealous spirit that I have toward another brother. But if they let me up here, maybe a brother's preaching and a preacher's me struggling, not having a lot of liberty. I say, man, if they'd let me up there, I'd give them a wing dinger. Yeah, you'll give them a wing dinger, all right. That envy, that jealousy. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. See, that can run right through your mind. Thoughts. 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 No sin was ever committed in the body that did not begin in the mind. None. Now, you can pass it off and say all you want to. This Bible has a lot to say about our hearts and the intents of our hearts and the thoughts of our minds in fact, there, the Old Testament prophet, he says, go over there and dig in the wall. Who was that Old Testament prophet? Wish I could remember. Dig in the wall. And open. And God opened that whole thing up there. God let them walk right in. And he saw the pictures of their imagery right in there. And God let them see what those people were doing in the temple. Amen. Pictures of idolatry everywhere. And I wonder how many people that listen claim to be so spiritual and all they've got is pictures of idolatry. Got idols in their hearts. God, help us. See, God knows our thoughts. He's going to search them. But not only God knows our thoughts, but God knows our ways. Our ways. 
He says in verse number 3, Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. He's acquainted with them. He's informed. He has personal knowledge of your ways. You say, well, preacher, I thought you said we saved by grace. Listen, God wants us to be an example. And God knows some of us tonight that are poor testimonies of the grace of God. Some of y'all, that's the reason we have revival. If you need to move up. Not fussing at y'all in the back, amen, taking care of kids. But it wouldn't hurt the kids. Wouldn't hurt the young men. I'm not trying to embarrass you. Wouldn't hurt you a bit on Sunday morning if you'd stay up here and start an amen corner for your pastor. That's my thought about it anyway. See, I don't like that. Well, this is how it happened with me. I'm not saying they'll have that. This is how it happened with me. God saved me, and I used to be. Here's how I used to look. No see us. I was in the back. Slouch down. You know. Come in. Nobody wasn't going to tell me what to do. But God saved me and moved me all the way from the back to the front. Now, I'm not saying because you're in the back, you're lost. I'm not saying that. But it wouldn't hurt you, amen, to get up here when Brother Harvey preaches, amen. Get on the edge of your seat, hallelujah, and see if you get something from God. You say, I didn't like that. Well, I didn't expect you to. God help us. Amen. Get up here under the spout where the glory can come out. Hallelujah. Amen. Get in tune with God is what I'm saying. I've noticed some people, the closer they get back, the sooner they're going to leave. Because they get all the way to the back and then they hit out the back door. And they never come back. So I determined by the grace of God, amen. God was acquainted with all my ways. I got saved, amen. I got upon the, I'd sit right there where you're sitting, son. That's where I sit. In the church where I first got saved at. Sit on the front row. Amen. But I tell you what, you boys come in today and you look sharp, hallelujah. Thank God for you. You boys look sharp. Amen. Come into chapel, hallelujah. I thought some bank presidents was coming in or something, amen. It's good. Amen. It don't hurt people to dress the very best they can when they come to church. If all you got to call church, wear it, hallelujah. I'm not against that. I'm telling you what, you boys look sharp, amen. Them ties and stuff, hallelujah. Thank God for you. God's acquainted with all your ways. He's looking a lot farther down than that. ways. Then notice God not only knows our thoughts, our ways but God searches our words. Oh my! That's quite a message, isn't it? In and of itself. God searches our words! Notice what He says, verse number 4. There is not a word in my tongue but lo, O Lord thou knowest it all together. God searches our words. What about those 
spiteful words. What about those slang words? Look up here. There ain't many preachers that preach on this anymore. But what about when you take God's name in vain? God's name is holy! God's taking into account when you take His name in vain. When you're not referring to Him directly or praying to Him, you shouldn't be using His name. God's keeping account of all that. Let me say this, preachers are some of the worst, worst the world's worst. Bless, and they'll use God's name, bless. Listen, friend, we shouldn't be doing that. God's name is holy! God's taking account of all the words. How about every idle word that men shall speak? They shall give an account on the day of judgment. Those idle words. That foolish jesting. Did you ever check out the context and grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you're sealed until the day of redemption? Do you know that he says he deals with foolish jesting? I do well to be more sober than I am. Be more sober-minded. I'm telling you what, you can take some things too far. If you're not careful, what you end up doing is grieving the Holy Spirit. God. What about those critical words? Can't say nothing good. You know, they said one time, if you can't say nothing good about anybody, don't say nothing at all. Most of us wouldn't, would we? We wouldn't say nothing. Because we can't find nothing good to say about anybody. You might all try this one time. You know, it took me a while to realize, Brother Keith, we've got all kind of age growths in the church spiritually. Beth and Grace are not growing the same. Beth, I mean, it just took off. She's full of spunk, too much spunk. Grace is kind of laid back lazy. And they're growing different. They're maturing different. And God's been trying to teach me, Brother Hammonds, over the years, that God's people mature different. And you can take them up by the collar and say, Hey, get right with God. Listen, we're growing different. And we mature different. And we progressively get sanctified. Different stages. And we're, sometimes it may take a good shaking sometimes, amen, with the preaching of the Word of God. Not a literal, amen, taken by the net, the net you know. Sometimes, I mean... You want to get in the flesh and go, oh, hallelujah. But that ain't the way to go about it. Amen. But sometimes a word of edification. And I appreciate you. You've been faithful all this week. I appreciate you coming, young man. Thank God for you. Amen. You know, and I know his parents will have him here, Lord willing, on Sunday. But what if he wasn't faithful? And just by word of edifying, he says... Man, they appreciate me around this place. I thought I was a devil, but I think I'll come Sunday. Amen. Takes a word of wisdom, doesn't it? Sometimes we're quick to jump on. I mean, if somebody's drowning, instead of throwing them a life vest, we'll, let me help. Cannonball. You know, help drown them. God help us. Hey, if you've ascended the ladder to great heights, and if you think you're real spiritual, 
Could you please help some of us out? Don't be, don't be stepping on our hands as we're trying to get up where you are. Reach down and give us a lift up. Amen. If we're not careful in the Christian walk, as we're sending uh, the spiritual ladder, hey, we'll be up here. God help us. They want to grow too. And so that's why it takes wisdom. Some people can take a stiff rebuke. Some people, it'll get them out of the will of God and they may never come back. And once you've lost them, you've lost your opportunity to minister. I tell these young men, I said, you better ask God to help your attitude because I'm going to tell you something. You can have a backdoor revival, but most of these little churches, you can only have a few of them. And then you ain't got nobody to preach to. And then it's you paying the bills, and you're all that's left. And the problem is, you didn't let God control your words. I'm not telling you to compromise on any area, but there's a way to go about it. People know you love them, and they'll take it. And you got to earn that. I tell you, people been good to me around here. Hallelujah! Come in like some kind of Hurricane Jane or something. Amen. Hallelujah! And I appreciate you most. Thank God for you being faithful. Amen, brother Steve. Thank God for you. Come to meeting. You probably said, "Who is this wild man he brought in here?" Amen. You must just come out of the wilderness eating locusts and wild honey. Amen. Thank God for you. Thank God for you soldiers coming out. Amen. Several of you have been out to the meeting this week. We thank God for you. Amen. Praise God for you. I'm going to tell you something. In the love of God, I've got to remind you, God's taking account of our words. How's the home? You know where we need revival in the home, don't we? We need revival in the home. Us men, some of us need to get on the altar because we've been talking down to our wives. Some of you, hu- you wives, amen, y'all are about to sprout feathers because you henpecked your husbands to death. <laughs> and you know what? I, I mean, you know, I, you can tell by some men because their their toes are all curled up. Amen. Where they roost on the bed. But listen, you ain't gonna keep nagging at that man. Amen. If he's any man at all, he ain't gonna put up with that. And he ain't going He'll do the exact opposite that you say. You keep peck 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 peck. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And thank God. Thank God i got a precious wife. Amen. But you know, even sometimes God's had to deal with me. We say, well, I put her in her place. Sometimes I have. But sometimes God dealt with me about the way I put her in her place. And I've had to come crawling back to Sister Rose and say, God about wore me out over what I just said. Amen. That wasn't the right at. Oh, I know. You, you can't take that kind of preaching. Hallelujah. Amen. But what I'm talking about now is spirituality is what I'm talking about. I'm going to be a man and a godly man or to treat my family right. 
You know I've had to apologize to my kids before? Yeah. You know, all sorts of things. I mean, kids will... I didn't know this, Brother Ham, but they were just drawing on your nerves. And I'm trying to tape for the radio or some radio broadcast, and there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth in the back. God, help us. We don't need those kind of sound effects, amen. We're trying to preach for the glory of God back here, amen. God's had to deal with me in the home. We're going to have revival in the church. It's made up of homes. We need revival in the home. How about you children? Are you right with your parents? When's the last time you told them you love them? Oh, oh come on. Oh, Brother Rose. Oh, no. Amen. One day, they're going to be gone like some of your men. You men. And they ain't going to be there to let them know that affection. You better give them roses while they live. Because one day they ain't going to be there. And you better let them know you love yours. Say, thank God you brought me all week to the house of God. Yeah. Right. Amen. This, this, this preacher poured, listen, he peeled my hide off and poured the soul on. Amen. But thank God for it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. See, God's going to search our words. And God searches our hearts. Search me, O God, know my thoughts. Try me and know my thoughts. Let me read that there, verse 23 and 24. The Bible says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. There it is. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. The need for God to search us. Now see, if you take an overview of your life tonight and of your thoughts and your words and your heart and your ways, if you take an overview of it, you'll probably come up with a clean slate. Uh, You'll probably think you're doing pretty good. But I wonder if you'd be honest before the Lord and let God put the searchlight on you. And let God revive this church. And let God move. Amen. How about you, sinner friend? Are you willing for God to search your heart? You know your life's void and empty. You know that you're looking for the peace that only Jesus can feel. Would you be willing for God to search you tonight? Reveal to you your need for the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you going to keep staying self-satisfied and not allow God to search every facet of your life? There's a need. There's a need for God to search us. Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for the meeting all throughout the course of this week. We give you glory and praise for everything that's said and done. I pray that, Lord, your will will be accomplished in this invitation tonight. 
are people here sitting tonight that, Lord, you've been dealing with all this week about their salvation. Lord, there's people here tonight that are saved by the grace of God. And, Lord, they're good people. I mean, they dress right. They don't go to the picture show. Lord, their family, they try to keep them in the house of God. And I thank God for that. But see, God wants to go deeper than that. Search our hearts, our motives, our thoughts, our ways, our deeds, our words. I pray that, Lord, we be honest before the Lord tonight. Let God have His will and way. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.